and welcome to yet another episode of Cowgirls and Indians after a short break. I hope you all missed us. I am Christina Cook, the call the, the call girl. Oh no, <laughs> the cowgirl. <laughs> and I'm Keith Bubbles, the Indian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> anyway. Well, we had to take a, a short break in our podcast, Keith, because of technical issues that I am completely incompetent to solve. But apparently, I think I did okay. We we switched some things out, and I, hopefully this works now. Everybody's just here for the content anyway. Well, there, there you go, as long as they can hear it, right? That's right. <laughs> so... So today's episode, I think, is going to be really interesting because you and I have kind of had a little bit of an ongoing discussion, (laughs) I guess, maybe argument. I don't know. Um, An ongoing discussion about grifters in the GOP. Yes. How to identify them. um, What effect they have on the GOP. You know, we were actually we were looking back over our most popular episodes and the one that we did about conservatives was the one y'all wanted to listen to. So. And the second most popular episode is the one on trust. Yeah, there you go. These all play into the same same theme. They do. Well, and they play into the same theme because it's all, you know, I mean, it, it all boils down to these first principles, doesn't it? Yeah, It does. And, and it all boils down to, to actual human interaction. I mean, politics is nothing but a bunch of people in a room. A really large room, but you know, a few always, cigars yeah, and a few cigars, and yeah, a, a, back room, a back room, <laughs> you know, and so you know, that's that's really kind of what politics is about. Um, is just I've done a lot of politics over cognac and cigars. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've done my share, I've done my share. There's a, one consultant, he's a lobbyist down in uh, down in Denver, and he and I used to meet at Capitol Hill Cigars, oh, yeah, and have scotch and, and cigars. and talk until all hours. It was some of the best conversations. He and I agreed on absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing. But uh, really, really smart guy. That's the best way to have those conversations, isn't it? Yes. So we do it over beer. That's right. That's right. So we're only missing a campfire. We are only missing a campfire. And that's just because the sound quality would be, you know, it would suffer (laughs) a little bit if we were to go to the undisclosed location. (laughs) So... (laughs) All right, so let's 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 get into this. Grifters. Grifters. And, and what do we mean by grifters? Well, I looked up an actual definition. Okay. You, you normally do that, but I did it this okay. time. I a grifter. That. A person who engages in petty or small scale swindling. Okay. And I thought about this in regard to our conversation. Now, a lot of these grifters we will probably talk about today. Yeah. Start out small scale, went big scale. Yeah. There's a lot of big scale grifting going on. There is a lot of big scale grifting going on. I, I found a different definition that I kind of like. This is actually from an article written by a former U.S. representative. His name is uh, Steve LaTourette. He's oh, yeah. out, of, out of Ohio. And now I've got to find the, the quote. It says, today's political grifters are a lot like the grifters of old, lining their pockets with the hard-earned money of working men and women by promising things in return they know that they can't deliver. Exactly. And I thought that was that's a, that's, that's a great succinct. definition. Yeah, that's pretty succinct in in terms of you know what this means. It's it's those listening may or may not know my day job. The thing that I do when I'm not talking about politics with Keith is that I'm a forensic CPA, 
And as part of that, I am certified in fraud. Um, I, I am a certified fraud examiner. Um, been doing that for almost two decades now. So I've, you know, I've got a background in this and I've got a background in fraud. I've studied it, studied the sociology behind it, you know, that kind of thing. So when I get to apply my career, my, my, you know, academic background to politics, all that much the better. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun when those two, two worlds collide. Except that, you know, it's not too fun to catch grifters, you know, but it's it's more fun than not catching them. Well, this is true. (laughs) That is a really good point. That is a really good point. It's it is sad, though. And I think, you know, you and I have been involved in politics long enough. We know some of the players in this. I'm going to try to do this as they don't get a suit diplomatically as I possibly can. (laughs) But some of the players in this, uh, in, in Colorado, at least where we're from, you know, we've witnessed a lot of this stuff firsthand, these tactics and how this, how this works. I mean, it's, uh, it's disheartening, I think more than anything to once you can, let me, let me put it this way. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see the tactics, you can't unsee the tactics, trying to convince others that that's what's going on is sometimes a lot more difficult. And yes. that's that's the part for me that's frustrating. When when you you are watching this person fleece people out of 5 and 10 dollars at a time by, you know, scaring the bejesus out of them basically and, you know, then pocket all that money yeah. more or less and and get absolutely nothing done that they promised to get done, which fits right in with the definition that I just read. Yeah. All right, so so that's how we defined we're we're actually defining the word grifters. Now, how do you identify them? I think it's pretty simple. You do. <laughs> I do. I do. And I think this is where we start to disagree. <laughs> no, they feed you bullshit for money. Bullshit for money. That's that's really the definition. That's pretty pithy. Yeah, that's that's really it. Right? If somebody Yeah, and I'll be frank. I mean, the GLP, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is awash in grifters. I I would not disagree with that. This whole movement overwhelmed by grifters. Okay. And let's be clear, though. I don't think they're the majority. I think like any good Ponzi scheme, you know, there's a few of them. I I think most of the organizations are grifters. There are some very good organizations out there. Yeah. But on just sheer numbers... There's some very big grifters, in my opinion, but there are untold numbers of small grifters yeah. out there. And so they're feeding you bullshit for money. They're I mean, feeding you bullshit for money. And they're, the they're convincing you they're somehow moving the needle when any objective evidence indicates they are not moving the needle. And in some cases, they are actually opposed to moving the needle because the more of your rights and freedom and property you lose, the, the more they're able to generate fear and the more money they're able to raise. Right. And, and people need to understand that's how... Many of these organizations work. They are not interested in defending your freedom, your liberty, or your property. They are interested in you losing it inch by inch because every inch you lose gives them the ability to make another appeal for funds. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there are some, we, we both know organizations that operate exactly on that model. I actually, I want to go into an example and I'm not going to get a suit. Okay. But, um, I, I do want to go into an example that I have personal experience with. Yeah. Probably this. you and I both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know about this one. Um, so I used to be the state director of an organization that was working for 
towards a um, an Article Five convention. Okay, and so if you're not familiar with the articles in the, in the Constitution, an Article Five convention is a convention that is convened for the purpose of proposing amendments to the Constitution. Okay, this is a great idea. I think. I mean, this is something, and I've I've studied this long and hard for many many years, and I've looked at it, and I think that there are a few amendments that would definitely tweak the system so that we could have a country that was more in line with what the what the founders intended. Okay. So I wholeheartedly true believe, you know, true believer in in the Article Five movement and, and all that. So signed on to to be part of this organization doing practical politics, which I should never do. I, I really should never do. Practical politics is not my thing. I should always be a talking head. <laughs> never again will I try to do anything in the practical political arena. But anyway, so, um, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing it in a blue state for the purpose of proposing red amendments, right? The marketing, the, the, the way that this organization was marketed um, nationwide was, shall we say, a lot of red meat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's, that's probably the best way to say it. It's, right. it's a lot of red meat. And, you know, our, our purpose, you know, my, my, my sole reason for being at that time was to try to get the Colorado State Legislature to pass a bill endorsing this, this organization or endorsing this idea of calling a convention of states. Okay. Because you need so many to, to sign on to, to be able to call the convention. So many states to sign on to this. Now, the, the idea is, and the way it's written in the Constitution, is that the, the convention meets, they propose the amendments to the Constitution, and then two-thirds of the states have to ratify them, okay? We do not have two-thirds of the states that are red states. No. We, we need, if, if, if this process is actually going to be fulfilled, then we need to lay the groundwork now in order to get those blue states on board, you know, right. get at least some of the legislatures or at least some of the legislators, you know, on board to, to try to, to, to keep this idea so that when the time comes and there are amendments to be ratified, that we would have a passing chance of actually ratifying them, you know, otherwise the organization exists for no reason whatsoever. But to do that, you kind of need to tone down the red meat messaging in the blue states. Right. It just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, those those politicians have skins that they're trying to those state legislators have skins that they're trying to save. And I at length, at volume, was told without being able to answer or speak back. Not only was I told this over the phone, this is like an hour long rant uh, from, <laughs> from the head of this organization to me, my boss, my colleague who was in another blue state who was on my side trying to do the same thing um, about why we would not be doing that. And more or less, the message was because we wouldn't be able to raise the money if we didn't throw out the red meat. No, exactly. Great, great point. And so so that's that's my firsthand experience yeah. with with watching something, an organization like this working from the inside, watched it, listened to it, got my ass chewed about it from the inside right. that I obviously didn't understand the agenda because the agenda was to make money. Yes. And so that's the problem. The bigger problem is that that scenario is repeated over and over thousands and over and, and over thousands and over of times within the Republican world. Yep, it is. I found a, I found a statistic today that shocked me back in now this is from 2015 I will I will grant your sorry 2014 
and it's Politico. So, you know, trust it as you will, but I, I do tend to trust numbers a lot of times. They did a survey of 33 Republican PACs. They raised $43 million, 74% of which came from small donations. So those $5 and $10 emails that you get. Yep. And they spent $3 million of that on ads to support candidates that they said that they were raising money to support. $39.5 million in administrative costs, including $6 million to the firms that were owned or managed by the operatives who run the PACs. Yes. Isn't that amazing? No, it is amazing. It's not shocking. There is an organization I know of. I won't name it because, you know. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have on, uh, by someone who did their accounting, very good authority. Yeah. Yeah, about 80% of what they raised went to pay the salary of the person who started it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and if you look and go objectively, have they moved the needle on anything? No. No, no, no. The needle's going backwards. No. And of course, they are all about spewing bullshit to raise money because it gets right. people excited, right? Tell people they're in danger. Tell people they're victims. And people will write checks. It, and it's it's not even that. It's... um. Well, let's let's take into the 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 next subject that I really want to cover because I want to I want to explore why is it that Republicans are more susceptible to this, and I, susceptible is not the right word. I'm I'm making it sound like we're a bunch of rubes. That's not the case. But I believe that we've got more problems with this in the Republican Party than the Democrats have with it in the Democrat Party. I don't know if that's true. I'm not disputing you. I just I have no way to quantify that. Mm-hmm. I, I just know how much of a problem it is in the GOP. Right. And I think that we ought to watch out for it. If it was just a, a, a feature of political life, that's one thing. If it's something that's particularly endemic to Republicans in 2023. It is absolutely endemic to Republicans. Well, how much it is or is not endemic to Democrats, I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. They've, they've got some, Democrats have some major well, problems. Well, they have Bill and Hillary Clinton and the, the well, Clinton well, Foundation. There was I mean, that's an organization the Democratic Party gave $60 million to in the last election, who apparently did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they asked for their money back. And of course, they did not get their money back. They say but, asked for it back. <laughs> yeah, so, At least but, they realized that they had been grifted. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I mean, yeah, you give somebody $60 million and they <laughs> basically did nothing. So it's not just a Republican problem, but I, I don't know how to quantify it on the Democrat right. side because you and I have seen so much of this firsthand yeah. in the GOP. It's yeah. easy for us. I, I mean, look, the GOP is just a wash in grifters. Yeah. And most people give their hard-earned money thinking these groups are going to defend this right or change this right. or whatever it may be. When They're not going to do that. Right. And they know they're not going to do that. They're just taking your money under essentially false pretenses. And, and that's pretty really, much the definition of fraud. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Grifting. Right. This is really what, what it is. Right. Yeah. You're swindling people by promising to do things. And they go, well, we ran these ads. We did this. And they were ineffective. <laughs> and, you know, it's yeah. having 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 been involved in um, both the party structure as a chair having helped run campaigns for candidates, we could not raise money to save our freaking lives. I don't know where all that money's going because it's not going to candidates. Oh, absolutely It's not. not going to the party. It's not going to GOTV efforts. It's not going to any no, of the stuff to, uh, we say it's going to. Kirby vacations and new cars. Right. That's where it's going. Fancy suits. And, yeah, and I know. get not hyperbole because I'm on every political email list in the universe. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, you name it. Okay. okay? I get a hundred of these emails every day. Oh, good grief. I, 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 I would shoot myself. I really could not deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I get a hundred a day of emails. Yeah. Just write me a check. Yeah. Write me a check. Yeah. Write me a check. Right. And, and I don't know how many of those organizations are out there. There are thousands yeah. out there. And that's, that's all it is. Write me a check. Write me a check. And it's sad because there are genuine organizations out there that put money to good use, that actually accomplish things. Right. And they just get overwhelmed by, by the volume of grifters. It is easy to be a grifter. It's easy to generate, hey, we're going to go fight for your rights and doing this, write us checks so we can fight. And that's an easy game to play. Mm-hmm. And people are less interested in checking out if they had any objective, measurable <laughs> use for, for that money that right. they spent. And yeah, it's like Mark Twain said, right? It's easier to fool people than it's convinced them they've been fooled. Yeah. And people will die on that hill. Yeah. Right. I mean, they were really dying on that hill of of grifters because they won't believe they got grifted. It's um, incredibly common for people who have been defrauded to refuse to admit it, especially I mean, we're often called the party of old white guys. So when you get into the senior demographic, that's uh, that's doubly true. Oh, oh absolutely. Doubly true. You absolutely. don't want to admit that, that you know, this this yeah, person and, and, that you gave your money to is not doing with it what they said that they were going to do with it. No. And, and I mean, I've done that. I've written checks to some of these people mm. and later found out. Yeah. I dedicated a year of my life to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's not that, you know, we're speaking here from some aura of superiority. No. <laughs> right? no. Like, no, 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 no. We, we have all been victims of these grifters. Well, and I think, and that's the part that I wanted to get into, um, is I think I understand why. Okay. And it has to do with the Tea Party movement. I mean, going back a few years here, but, you know, the the being fed up, you know, the Obama's, you know, first two years of Obama's term and, and you know, all the, the crap that we felt in 2010. And, you know, the, the rise of the Tea Party movement and, and the rise of the, the idea that government was doing this to us, the Democrats were doing. And, and let me be fair before I go on with this statement. I'm not so sure that we're not a little bit cashing in on this in doing this podcast. So uh-huh. so we'll, we'll explore that in a minute. But um, but the idea that that, you know, the Democrats are doing all this to us and we need to send Republicans who are going to fight the Democrats and not compromise with them and and be a, a stick in the mud and, and, you know, absolutely refuse to, to, to try to govern or, you know, do anything like that. It's really, really easy to say all those things. I'm going to go to Washington and do absolutely nothing, <laughs> but you got to send me to Washington. So keep sending me money, you know, and they go and they do what they promise. They do absolutely nothing. Nothing gets done. Nothing, you know, no conservative causes are advanced. Nothing is Nothing is accomplished and they can promise over and over again. I will not, you know, compromise with the Democrats, will not talk to the Democrats. We're not going to make this happen. We've got at least one of those uh, sitting in Congress from Colorado right now. You know, we've got others. And I, I, I want to be clear. I, I am not here, absolutely 100% not here to denigrate the Freedom Caucus. Okay. But there are some grifters in the Freedom Caucus. I think that's absolutely true. No, it's absolutely true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, it's absolutely true. I, I mean, this is killing the GOP. 
It is. The grifters are killing the GOP. For the amount of activity and money Republicans are willing to spend for what they're getting back for it, mm-hmm. because so much money is going to grifters. Right. Right. And so I, I saved one of my favorite movie quotes here <laughs> because it, it so accurately defines where the GOP is now and, and people in the GOP. Okay. And refusing to believe how many of these organizations are grifters. Okay. But if you ever saw Spinal Tap. Yes. Okay. What a great movie. Okay. The only movie I know of where every, every, single, every single line in that movie is funny. But Marty DeBerge says... This tasteless cover is a good indication of the lack of musical invention within. The musical growth of this band cannot even be charted. They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. <laughs> Nigel Tufnell responds, that's just nitpicking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where Republicans are. It's like, well, we have all this bullshit. That's just nitpicking. No, 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 no. Cowgirls and Indians, the only podcast where we can tie Spinal Tap together with GOP politics. (laughs) (laughs) And it's easy to do. But yeah, I mean, you point out all these things and Republicans go, well, that's just nitpicking. No, no, no. It's why you're getting your ass kicked election after election. Well, yeah. And and I think that's that's really kind of the key. And the reason why this is important to talk about, we're going to piss off a lot of people with this podcast. You know that, right? That's okay. A lot of people. That's okay. um, It's it's the really important thing is to understand that this is going on out there. And then what what I'd really like to do by the time we get done with this is to to equip people to recognize which tactics are indicative of the grifters in the GOP. You know, which which statements are you going to hear over and over again? Like what I was just saying about not going to compromise with the Democrats. Well, Reagan compromised. Oh, yeah. Reagan compromised in order to make sure that he was governing and he did it well. That's right. You know, that's right. Reagan was the one who said, you vote with me 80, 90 percent of the time. I'm going to count you as a friend and an ally. That's right. Somebody who agrees with the 80 percent of the time is not your enemy. Right. And, And so so that's really important. Now. The flip side of that, too, and I, I, I'm glad that you brought up that quote. The flip side of that, too, is that somebody who agrees with you, 80, or someone who disagrees with you 20% of the time is not your enemy. No. And, and that's, that's, that's the important part to remember, too. So the, this is the caution that I want to throw out is that I think the charge of grifter is being leveled like the charge of rhino is being leveled in order to, to, to <laughs> denigrate your <laughs> political... Somebody, somebody who disagreed with you on an issue. Yeah, grifters call other people grifters. Well, there's that. <laughs> that's, you know, that's. There is that. Because <laughs> it's this whole thing, right? With calling people rhino or never Trump or neocon. This is buzzwords. Yeah. Somebody's a grifter. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. Right. Because they aren't talking about these. I think that's a little reductionist, actually. I, I don't, I don't know that that's entirely valid. But it is a tactic to shut down debate. Well, it's typically used by people who can't actually talk about the topic at hand. Right. Right. And they don't. That's they, what I mean. They, to shut down they can't or they don't want to talk about the topic at hand. Right. And right. that's really it what does those not are. mean that they're fleecing people for money. No. When, but they, when, they, if somebody they, uses they those terms. don't want to talk about the topic at hand. Right. What the actual policy action issue actually is. Right. Right. So they yeah, they resort to those names so they can discount whoever calls them generally on their bullshit. Right. Well, and there's that. So then let's let's take for example, let's analyze a case study. Okay. 
<laughs> besides besides what we already brought up. Liz Cheney, our esteemed former U.S. Congresswoman from the grand state of Wyoming. She a grifter? She a rhino? <laughs> Liz Cheney is... She's just a bad person. So here's animal. my thought about Liz Cheney. Okay. Okay. You and I have never talked about this. I don't know how you feel about her. So how do I really feel about Liz Cheney? Liz Cheney is an idiot. <laughs> okay, uh, we do agree you, on that. Let me tell you why. Okay. Liz Cheney had the safest congressional seat in the entire country. For anybody who doesn't know, Wyoming, we are the least populated state, even though by square miles, we're a very large state. There's only about 508,000 people in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And so the whole state only has one con congressional district, right. one person from Congress for the whole state. Right. And, and it's so, like 80% Republican. <laughs> 70, yeah, Wyoming is 71% Republican, I believe 16% Democrat. Yeah. I mean, to be an elected Republican in Wyoming is the safest job. It's a lifetime it's appointment. It's a lifetime appointment. <laughs> and how you screw that up and get unelected is just... She did a damn good job of it, though. Astounding. Mm -hmm. Right? It's just astounding. Right. And, and she did that, one would presume, from everything she has said done because she had future political ambitions. And I don't see how she will fulfill those future political oh, ambitions <laughs> from, from the position she is in. She won't. No, she, she won't. won't. The only way to, to launch yourself into the next level is to be successful at the level that you're yeah, at. That's exactly. Not, that, that's not work. You don't, you don't fail to win a primary for U.S. Congress and then, then become the presidential nominee. <laughs> just, that just doesn't happen. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's difficult to imagine what she was thinking. And she it's wasn't. not a matter of, well, she had a integrity because she didn't No, right i mean people are like well she was a uh, stand up against january 6th and trump and blah 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 well you know <laughs> if she was standing up for the truth which is what she said if she was standing up for the truth she would have talked to the people that needed to be talked to on both sides of that issue she would have released the footage from that. Actually, even go back before that. She had no problem with Hillary, Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, saying the 2016 election was illegitimate. No, nope, not so a single bit. Why, why, why? Yep. There was a fellow, former elected official, well, maybe a year ago on Twitter, he had put out a tweet, said, I will not stand with anybody who thinks the 2020 election is illegitimate. And I responded, but you have no problem standing with people who thought the 2016 election was illegitimate. Right. I mean, have some With zero evidence that there was. Have yeah. some integrity here. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing. There's just no integrity. It's just opportunism. Yeah. It's just virtue signaling. Yeah. Right? If you go... Well, it's trying to tap into to the rather sizable anti-Trump sentiment that's out there. Well, and, and I mean, it was it was political opportunism, which I would count as grifting, well, I guess. You know, I mean, because there's a lot of money that comes along with all that stuff. You, you look at was, all that. Look, how did Nancy Pelosi get so freaking rich? You know, and it's 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 not off of her salary as a congresswoman. No, so. I mean, there's that website. I think it got taken down. I may be wrong. That website. But it, it was fascinating. Yeah, tell, don't tell me that Nancy Pelosi had no. an OnlyFans no, no, site. No, no, no. It was a website uh, because <laughs> Congress has to report their transactions like stock purchases and sales. Right. There was a website that just tracked Nancy Pelosi's and said, buy what she buys, sell what she sells. <laughs> right? That's what they were doing. Here's your financial advice. There you go. Buy what Nancy Pelosi buys, sell what Nancy Pelosi sells. And it was making, you know, 70% returns a year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she obviously is operating off inside information, which is 
another subtle way people bribe politicians. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to bribe politicians people don't think about. Yeah. Read if if you're curious about many of the ways to do this, read Atlas Shrugged because she goes through many of them. Actually. Well, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, stock yeah. tips are yeah. one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hiring somebody's spouse to a consulting contract—that's huge—is another one. Given your book contracts, giving your ne'er do well nephew a six-figure job. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of ways to bribe politicians. I saw somewhere the other day. That Obama's, I I have not backed this up or researched it at all. It was just something that I saw in passing. But uh, Obama's Department of Education gave something like $380 million to a certain publisher to do the Common Core curriculum. Yeah. And that same publisher or subsidiary of that that publisher gave Obama $65 million for his book. (laughs) No, exactly how it works. Yeah. Exactly how that works. I'll scratch yeah, yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, we're, we're getting a little off the topic. But. We are. Well, no, actually, we're not because this is how they get bribed, how they get money, you know, I mean, and, and how they do this. Now, how they grift from the masses, which was kind of where we were originally headed down, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that is very true. And that is something that we can defend against, right? Yes, people have to be willing to do that, though. Yeah. And, and the whole problem of the GOP. And you and I have had quite a discussion last week in a lot of ways, <laughs> right? In my opinion, right? Yeah. People are unwilling to necessarily defend against that. To defend against. Okay, so let's bring things out into the sunlight. If you want to talk about that, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's that. talk about that. Okay. Um, so in, in recent events, uh, as, as many of our listeners are probably aware, Fox News had been sued by Dominion Voting Systems in a court, uh, case that was about to go to court, they settled. Yeah, almost $800 million. Yeah, almost $800 million. A sizable settlement, we will and, say. And just to note, so people know, there's another lawsuit pending against Fox. There's probably always but, lawsuits but, pending no, against no, no, Fox. Another one on the same grounds Okay. by another company. Okay. That's $2.7 billion. Okay. So well, this than, one was $1.3 or something. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this was larger than the Dominion one. Okay. So... Yeah, the the original lawsuit from you from Dominion was like 1.3 billion. I'm really interested because they have to they would have had to have proved actual economic harm from what was said on Fox and I I'd be really really curious how they were intending to do that. I just I don't I don't get it. But anyway, I think and and you mentioned to me before we hit record that this is a cottage industry at this point in time. Tucker Carlson, uh, who was the highest rated host on Fox, was let go rather summarily, very quickly. No goodbye show. None, none of that. It was just dismissed. And, and my take on all of that is that it was part of the Dominion lawsuit. Uh, we will never know. But yeah, so you're right. Why Tucker Carlson? Well, we may know if there's a lawsuit. But uh, yeah, Tucker, why Tucker Carlson got uh, lost his show Speculating on that has become a cottage industry. Yeah. Yeah. There You're are, right. Yeah. You're right. There's it's, a lot of theories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, why did he? I have no idea why. And, and I want to say there are a lot of theories because he was outspoken. He was outspoken in criticizing all the things that you and I criticize. He was outspoken. I'm, I'm going to sit here and defend this man <laughs> okay. against you. <laughs> okay. Feel you free. And, you and I don't, don't agree about Tucker. I, I, no, no. Was, Tucker Carlson is, to me, Right. He is not a conservative. He's a nationalist. Yeah, I think that's about 180 degrees from what it is. I don't think so. OK. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I've probably watched him more than you. Can no, I say that? <laughs> you, 
I absolutely guarantee you watched him infinitely more than I ever did. There you go. So, so I might have a little bit more knowledge about that fact. But anyway, now I thought he and and especially his production team, not 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 even so much him. I mean, he was the talking head, but his production team was really good at uncovering stuff, you know, and, and finding things that that we didn't know about or you know that that didn't make the rest of the news you know and he talked about aliens which was always entertaining so (laughs) it wasn't george nori stuff but you know it was it was was always entertaining so regardless of that the the debate that you and i have been having online about tucker carlson is your allegations i'm I'm gonna couch this all in lawyerly stuff okay because that's that's fine this is how i approach these things your allegations are that he lied under oath, or that he he said under oath in his deposition, Tucker did, that he had lied on TV. Yeah, I don't think I said that. I'm pretty sure you did. No, I said he misled people. <laughs> okay. How is that different from lying? Because as his boss, Rupert Murdoch, said under oath, not contesting these allegations that he knew to be false was wrong of him to do. Okay. And so, yeah, do we have just, a list of which allegations that he didn't contest? No, he had people on there like Mike Lindell and Sidney Powell, and we all are familiar with those people, what they had to say. Right. He contested Sidney Powell. I want to go on record saying that. I don't remember what he said to Mike. Yeah. So, except that everybody's nice to Mike because Mike isn't a political player. Well, <laughs> yeah. He decided to become a political player. But yeah, I mean, I'm just saying this is what. Rupert Murdoch said that it was wrong of Tucker Carlson to Rupert do that. Rupert Murdoch said. And what did Tucker Carlson say? Well, Tucker Carlson said that he believed it was all bullshit, right? He believed these I people. I haven't seen any evidence yeah, of that. Yeah, he, well, no. I mean, he put this in emails and texts. And I haven't seen any evidence of that. Did you see the emails or the texts? No, I saw the court filings for those. Okay. So From Dominion? Yes. Okay, so you saw opposing counsel's take on discovery. I saw what Dominion found in discovery. Okay. So Occam's razor, okay, that Dominion would not put in a court filing something they did not actually find in discovery. Oh, no, they might have found it. Um, I'm not saying that. They they might also have completely taken it out of context. Oh, I think when he said Sidney Powell was crazy, that was probably not taken out of context. Was that said before or after he interviewed her? That's a good question. But I think before, because he, if I recall right, he had her multiple times, right? Okay. Um, I mean, and the problem here, let's just summarize the whole Fox lawsuit that they settled. Okay. Okay. Basically, the allegation was Fox put people in the air mm-hmm. and endorsed their views mm-hmm. that they knew were by putting them on the air. Is that what you're saying? Uh, they, they put them on the air. They didn't. They didn't take them to the mat, telling them they they're didn't idiots. Challenge the views. They didn't. Yeah, they, they, they I, gave I, they gave a voice to some people. Yeah, I mean, and they basically, didn't. it's this. Somebody says Chris Cook did this, and this is false. And I have no evidence Chris Cook did this. Do you but, have any evidence that Chris Cook didn't do it? Well, yeah, but that's Loch Ness monster country, right? <laughs> I mean, it really is, right? I mean, you're really <laughs> off the conspiracy theories when you go. There's no evidence it didn't happen, right? If you say Chris Cook did this and Chris Cook did not do that. Mm-hmm. And I know Chris Cook did not do that. I know there's no evidence Chris Cook did that. But I'm going to put people on the air that says Chris Cook did this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to challenge them on that. And I'm going to do this for two months mm-hmm. daily, basically. Also have personal experience with this. 
But that's yeah. the gist of the lawsuit against Dominion, that you knew this wasn't true. You had no evidence this was true. You didn't yourself believe this was true, but you kept putting these people on the air to say it was true. And that you are not, there's a difference. Let's be clear. Did, there's people like Perino and Cavuto who aren't part of this lawsuit, weren't named in that lawsuit mm-hmm. because they covered this as news, what Donald Trump and other people were saying. Okay. Right? As opposed to and these other people other who hosts covered it as opinion who, on opinion shows. According to Rupert Murdoch, endorsed that view or failed to challenge that view. Okay. I mean, again, I- To this day, there is a sizable portion of the population, and I am not so sure that I'm not one of them, who do believe that there were a significant amount of shenanigans that happened during the 2020 election. You and I have discussed before on this podcast, the legitimate ones that we know have been proven in court. Okay. Right. So there's never just one cockroach- ever. Right. And there's never just one bunny. Right. So when you see that cockroach, bunnies are way too cute to use for this analogy. When you see that cockroach, you know, there's more. So if there was fraud in Pennsylvania and there was fraud in Wisconsin, there was fraud nationwide. There was fraud in a lot of places. Well, okay. So, and was it enough to change the outcome of the election? We don't know. But that is what is the common... What is the common factor throughout many of the voting jurisdictions in the United States? That common factor is Dominion voting machines. So that is why it's the, the, the sites settled on them. Okay. It, it's just trying to use common sense and figuring it out. We know there were shenanigans. We know that But that it's happened. not common sense if it's not true. <laughs> That's the problem. But and and still, if you're going to say there's no evidence it didn't happen, like I said, you're off in Loch Ness Monster Country. It hasn't right? been proven or disproven in a court of law. Well, actually, I think it has been no, proven. No, it's been settled. It was settled. It didn't go to Okay, a so court. what about Mike Lindell this last week from when we recorded this? Court ordering him to pay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I actually yeah, haven't I, heard I, anything about yeah, that. Yeah, Mike Lindell back in the when this was all going on, basically right. had his little panel of so-called experts, some of whom are now up on felony charges themselves. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Who produced this data. He claimed showed these voting machines were changing votes. It was not true. It was quickly proven not to be true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mike Lindell had apparently promised to pay $5 million to anybody who could prove his data was false. Okay. And uh, it was proven false. And uh, the, the person who proved the false had to go to court to get him to pay up. And this last week, the uh, courts ordered Mike Lindell to pay up $5 million because his data around all this was false. So if this is true, nobody has any data indicating any of this is true. I mean, it was just created out of whole cloth. It wasn't created out of whole cloth. But it was. But No, it wasn't. I mean, it's it's, so it's known that it's possible. They fucked with all of the rules for the 2020 election because of the pandemic. They, they fucked with everything. They did not allow election judges to be where election judges needed to be because of pandemic rules. They screwed with everything. Yeah. It's not out of whole cloth. No, no, no. This allegation against this company and other companies is out of whole cloth. There's no data I found an article from 2018. It's actually from the University of Michigan Alumni Association talking about one of their alums who has made a career, an academic career, studying electronic voting security, testified to Congress, or no, sorry, sorry, testified to the Senate 
in 2018 that they have repeatedly hacked into election systems over and over and over again. I would not be surprised. In a a controlled experimental setting, not into live elections. All right. So you understand these systems are air gapped. Okay, now you're going to get all tech on me. That's not tech. They're not hooked up to the internet. You can't get to them from <laughs> outside did, the system. How did Dominion, and it was Dominion who was telling people on site, we have a problem. They say, okay, well, don't worry about it. We'll fix it remotely. How does that work then? Well, it can work any number of ways. And if it's not hooked up to the internet, then how do they fix it remotely? You out there and change the code or whatever needs to happen, right? Or you can send a CD. I mean, I've worked on That's air-gapped. not remotely. Yeah, it is. I've worked on, I've sat in Denver and worked on systems in Pakistan that did not have internet access. You can do that. Okay. Could you see the data on those systems in Pakistan? No. Somebody has to send you the data and then you look at it and analyze it and you come up with a fix and then you send that back and somebody who's there can load that on. But yeah, these systems are air-gapped. They don't have connectivity to the internet. You can't just hack into it. There's no connectivity to these voting systems. Well, you're talking about while they're live, while people are voting. Or before. There's a period before and after, right? Well, after they definitely are. No, no. Well, yeah, but there's a, a blackout period, right? And again, this is not common, not just in voting machines, in many industries. You have critical events, you have blackout periods okay. where things are air-gapped, right? Where you cannot get to that system from the internet. You have what the system is. You go, okay, we have tested this. Mm. We have validated this. Mm. We're not going to touch it until after this event, right? I mean, air, air, airlines do this right. at Christmas and Thanksgiving. They air gap systems, right? So nobody can mess during those peak periods of time. And, but this is how voting systems work. They're air gapped. You can't just go to the internet and hack into a system. There's no connectivity. I can think of about eight places along the line where it could be messed with. And- sure, but, but that didn't happen. I mean, we have no, there, nobody has come up with a shred of you're evidence, in Chris. You're, you're in Loch Ness Country. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're like. You're in Loch Ness Country. So you can't prove a negative. No. Um, and we know that. No. I mean, that's just a logical impossibility. So you can't prove a negative, but. And, and you're county chairman. Yeah. You understand you send delegates to test these systems. Like in I the was state the of Colorado. Delegate. Yeah, yes. I, I sat that, there. That, that, that's right. With all of my expertise in technology and how these things work, I sat there and did it. You know, we did random tests. They had it set up. The audits were set up in in such a way that it was it was fairly easy. And yes. the, the other person who went with me had been doing this for a decade or more. So yes. she and she was fantastic. Yes. So I mean, but, yeah. So it's not like these systems aren't tested, aren't audited, right? There are state laws. Every state has around all of this. Right. So the idea a lot of which and and just let me again point out a lot of which were curtailed because of the pandemic. A lot of that testing, the stuff that goes on in every other single normal election. I, I don't dispute that. Did not happen in 2020. I do not a lot of the that, stuff did not happen in 2020. And so you and I are not going to agree on this. I have done a ton of work in election integrity, and I know that there are there are ways to to mess with the system, whether or not Dominion had anything to do with it. I have zero 
evidence. I have nothing, but neither, and, and neither do you. Does, but nobody has any evidence. It was just made up out of whole cloth because that's the part that I'm not seeing. And because because nobody has any evidence. No, no, no. That's that's the. I'm not seeing that all of the evidence that has been brought forward has been completely disproven, which is what you're telling but me. Nobody's brought any evidence forward, which is why Mike Lindell just had to pay $5 million to some guy who proved his data was bad, okay. which is why Fox just settled for $800 million. Fox We're going to agree to disagree. Well, well, yeah, Fox had nothing to do with whether or not there was data presented. I mean, no, no, it had Fox, absolutely nothing Fox, to do with it. All Fox had to do to get out of this was essentially provide that it was plausible. And they couldn't even come up with enough evidence that it was plausible. Yeah. The, the way that Fox could have avoided this whole thing is to not give any voice to the people who were talking about whether or not the 2020 election was stolen. No, but but that, that's the only way that they could have gotten no, no, out of this no, no, whole no, no, thing. No, 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 no. That's I don't No, That's not true, though. Because Fox covered this as a news event and they did not get sued for that. Fox got sued. Because. On their opinion shows for having opinion guests on. I, I mean, that's... Yeah, when there was no evidence that anything they were saying was because true. Because those people weren't allowed to have those opinions, Keith. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It's because those people weren't allowed to have those opinions. You can't libel people as an opinion. <laughs> I mean, you can't declare things happen. Then sue Sydney Hucking Powell. She is being sued. Okay. I mean, there's, sue there's, the other people, whoever they were, that Tucker didn't... but. Tucker's an opinion. But, but, I mean, but, and, and, and he's he's got people on who. But you can't. But there's a difference in having an opinion and saying things that are untrue. You can't. And that's that's. At the time that he had those guests on, did he was, you know, was all of this. I mean, the, the Mike, Mike Lindell thing just happened last week. Yeah. So, so both Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity in their depositions. Which you haven't read. No, no, I have read the parts. Well, nobody's read the whole deposition. So like Kennedy was deposed for, I believe, seven hours, right? What you get are the parts of the deposition presented in court. Those court filings are available to read. Let's be very clear who is filing those court filings. It's Dominion. It's opposing counsel. Yeah, but let's assume, again, Occam's Razor, they are falsifying that. <laughs> There's no right? such thing this as Occam's Razor in a lawsuit. So, There's no such thing no, as Occam's no. Razor in a freaking lawsuit. <laughs> no, but does anybody dispute Hannity said, I never believed it for a minute? I don't. That was his sworn deposition. You are the only person I've heard that from. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, I mean literally I, the only person I've heard that I've from. I've heard it all over even conservative radio. Okay, I haven't. So now, granted, know, I'm not I'm not tuned into this stuff, you know, twenty four yeah. seven. But yeah, I, and I, I don't I mean, get hundreds of emails from all these people. Yeah, every I, day. Mean, <laughs> I mean this this was the basis, right? That even the people presenting this understood that there was no evidence for this. It was just manufactured out of whole cloth. I mean, but this is this is part of, in my opinion, right? I mean, why we keep getting our ass kicked in elections? Because the other, you have this, like we talked about before, you have this 30% of Republicans that are in this bubble. And the other 70% of the people go, where's the evidence? Mm -hmm. And there is none. You want me to believe you lost an election because this company's voting machines changed votes. Where's the evidence of that? And, and there is none. And nobody, we're, we're two years down the road, more than two years down the road, and nobody has come up with a shred of evidence right. that that was true. And it's not a matter of, is it plausible? Could have, it doesn't matter. Nobody has come up with any evidence that it happened. And this is why all these people are out a lot of money. And there's, I don't know how many more lawsuits to go against people and networks and 
you know, who, who repeated this or gave voice to this or appeared to endorse this, right? And again, people like Perino and Cavuto covered it as a news event. Right, because the other Perino people, and Cavuto are not opinion uh, hosts. No, Perino was an opinion host at the time. But the point is, right, you can say this is what Donald Trump is claiming. You can say this is what Sidney Powell is claiming. You can say these things, but you can't appear. And let's be clear that Neil Cavuto hates Donald Trump. Well, hates him. No, well, apparently so does Tucker Carlson. If you, if you read that, if you read what they presented, Tucker Carlson hates Donald Trump too. And Tucker Carlson understands which side his bread is buttered on, which gets us back to the original purpose of this podcast. Well, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so it is, and 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 we're not going to solve whether or not the 2020 election was stolen on this podcast today. We're not. No, it's being solved in court almost every day now. We'll see. Yeah, um, it is. But, but, but so me, you me. keep you keep quoting Occam's razor to me, but I refuse to believe the the simplest explanation is the best explanation anymore after the pandemic. I just refuse to well, believe. If the government is involved, I am well, refuse to believe it this anymore. For, let me add this for a minute because this really, to me, is demonstrative of where we are in the GOP. Twenty years ago, there was a thing called the Killian documents. Okay, and CBS reported these documents. And supposedly they were written by uh, one of George W. Bush's commanders, superiors, when he was in the Texas National Guard. And these documents painted a very unflattering portrait of George W. Bush when he was a younger man in the Texas National Guard. Okay. Uh, Dan Rather uh, reported these documents on CBS. Mm. Turns out these documents were fraudulent. Okay. Dan Rather had to retire because of that. Everybody up to the VP level at CBS News who was involved in that news story got fired. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I would assume 95% of the country agreed with that. Right. That that presenting things and and they, they believed it was true. They just failed right. to do their due diligence over that. Right. I mean, CBS, the people involved by all appearances, believe that was true. They just failed to do appropriate due diligence and they got fired. And what Fox did was a thousand times more egregious than that. And, and we are applying entirely different standards to Fox than we would to CBS or did to CBS 20 years ago. I mean, I mean we I, conservatives, you mean? Republican Party at large, okay. right? And I saw a poll, and I will never vouch for the accuracy of polls, but it strikes <laughs> me as reasonable. Something like 63% of Republicans believe the uh, voting machines change votes in the 2020 election, even though we've been through, I don't know how many lawsuits and how many settlements, and there's nobody has produced any data that is true. Okay. Right. You and and are welcome to keep saying that. I have not surveyed all of the, well, nobody has everything that's out there. Every, every, every lawsuit has resulted in the person who claimed that having to pay up because nobody has come up with any data. Right. I mean, that's just what it is. And, and it's just accelerating now as these lawsuits you know, two years later are coming to fruition. Yeah, the really, truly unfortunate thing with all of this is that truth is not really the objective of any of these lawsuits. It's venue shopping. It's making sure that you're getting in front of the right, you know, and because it's political. Again, after the pandemic, I refuse to believe that the simplest solution is the best solution anymore when the government is involved. And so I don't find it beyond, and, and you may, and you may look at me like I'm, you're, I'm nuts and you never want to do another podcast with me, but no, I, I, <laughs> I don't. Good, thanks. Um, so why it's good. We disagree. <laughs> 
I do not believe it's outside the realm of possibility that an immense amount of resources have been mobilized in order to keep Donald Trump out of office. Oh. I, I have absolutely no problem believing <clears throat> I, I don't have a problem believing that either. And, and, I, I, and I find I'm, it- I'm including, I'm including <laughs> hiding evidence, destroying evidence. I am including suing the hell out of people for ridiculous sums of money, even though. But I think you hit on the problem, perhaps inadvertently. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we are dealing with people on this side that are nihilist, right? Deny the, absolute truth, absolute reality, the abs- yeah, absolute, the, right. yeah, absolute, you know, evidence, right. right? Okay. And because you're capable of something does not mean something happened. So are they absolutely capable of doing all that? Absolutely. They're capable of doing anything, <laughs> but because they are capable of doing something doesn't mean does something happen, right? You need objective <laughs> evidence, which is, you know, I think we discussed before. And if they've I, destroyed all the objective evidence, then we're fucked. No. So that's kind of my point. No, but they did destroy the evidence. And, and well, I think know? we talked about before we started this, because I'd like to bring up the example of 2000 Mules, the movie. Okay. Okay. 2000 Mules, I, I did not see the movie. So full disclosure. I, I haven't seen it either. Okay. They allege that there is this ballot harvesting effort and there are people who get paid to collect these various ballots that are by their measure fraudulent and drop them off in these remote voting bins that we're all now familiar with. Right. Yeah, that's a basic allegation. I have no idea if their allegation is true or not. But here's the problem they have. A year ago, or close to it, they promised to release all the raw data and they have not done so. And so here's the problem Republicans have. I mean, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you and I both agree there are places that ballot harvesting goes on. Seen it. Yeah. Exactly. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. We don't deny that happens. Right. Okay. Yeah, and we've been kind of on the inside of this. Right. Right. We see it. Okay. The other 70% of Americans, not these 30% of Republicans, are doubtful. Okay. That's okay. just the truth. Right. So if you come out with a movie and say this is happening and here's our evidence in the movie, but you don't produce the raw data. You're not going to convince anybody. Well, let's just say you don't produce the raw data that you promised to produce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't gonna, seen that promise either. If you're going to promise to produce the raw data, you need to produce the raw data mm-hmm. because otherwise it just looks like okay, these Republicans are just full of shit again, claiming this right. I mean, this is the narrative. Republicans have helped well, build. And back to our original point of grifters, okay? <laughs> grifters are profiting off of these narratives. Well, yeah. They don't care if something is true or not. They don't care if they can verify and validate something or not. Right. They just care that people write them checks. And I think that's that's a really key point. And yeah. I'm glad you brought us back around. Because... <laughs> Part of the reason why that's the narrative against Republicans is because they control the freak narrative. Well, no, no. Um, part of the part of the narrative, and part of it is because we kind of because it's to true, it. yeah. right? I mean, and times kind of contributed contribute to it. So let's start tying all of this in together because we're we're about an hour in now, and and I want to tie this up in a bow. So what we're dealing with is people who are preying on the the fears and the angers and the the outrage uh, that that really initially bubbled up in in the Republican Party in 2010 in in as part of the Tea Party movement okay but those those fears and outrages and stuff and I don't remember that crap from when I was a kid I mean to a small degree 
Um, but, you know, not certainly not the way that it was when the Tea Party movement went, was in full swing and, you know, you know, people marching and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at that point, you know, then we had a full full range of of outrage, a, a full menu, if you will, for the grifters to to choose from. Oh, yeah. As to as to which issue, you know, they would try to get. So then you've got people who see a profit opportunity who come in and they they see an opportunity to to basically and and this is coming from my fraud background um see an opportunity to commit what we call affinity fraud okay yeah. you, you also see this kind of fraud that happens through churches and and that kind of stuff but you you're you're preying on people's fears and vulnerabilities and and so that's exactly what they do they they send out emails that your gun rights are are at you know at stake you need to send us you know 10 dollars you know, a hundred thousand times on a regular basis to, to make sure that we can protect your gun rights. And then they go off and they do whatever, but it's a, it's a profit, you know, I yes. mean, they're, they're selling, they're selling fear. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's really what it boils down to. They're selling fear. Yeah. I, I would go actually farther. Okay. Okay. To a large extent, the Republican party has adopted their own version of this nihilistic tribalism, right? And there are people in the Republican party, and this goes back to what we're talking about with the voting. Okay who have adopted the role of victim. That I will agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, don't believe we're nihilists. I don't, I don't believe, I do believe that we all believe that there's uh, to, to one extent or another, that there is absolute truth and, and that the not believing there's absolute truth is bullshit. But, but, but the we, victim mentality, I, I can totally see. But back to, don't yell at me. <laughs> okay. Back to the I'm whole sorry. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Dan Rather comparison. I don't right? mean to yell. You're not I'm yelling sorry. at me. I'm teasing. <laughs> but you have the, the whole Dan Rather, Tucker Carlson thing. Okay. Just as an example, because I think to me, it's just a credible example where we are. We're applying two different standards. Okay. And, and 15 people, years apart. So yeah. Well, yeah, but we are, right? Are 20 years different. ago, the Republican Party was not applying two different standards. Today, the Republican Party is fully engaged in this tribalism. and. The okay. Republican Party has two different standards. There's nobody in the Republican Party was crying when uh, the fellow got fired from CNN the same day, Tucker Carlson. Oh, did. hell no. He totally deserved that. No, well, well, bingo. <laughs> you got my point, right? And the people over there are going, well, Tucker Carlson, he totally deserved that, right? Here's the tribalism. Because what we really should be saying is, are any of these news outlets telling us the truth? No. Right. That's the bottom line. Well, fuck no, no, no. I think you, you go into it understanding that. At least we do. Well, I, I, I know. But then what we do is we reduce the news to nothing more than entertainment. That's all it's ever been. Well, I don't know if that's, that's, that's all true. it's been. That's all it's been since they started taking revenue. It's all. That's well, all it's been since they started selling advertising. I, it's and all it's been the last 25 years with the advent of the 24 hour news cycle. That too. That's really what yeah, I think CN, CN, drove that, right? CNN started it. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're right to an extent, but even before that, I, I don't know. I, I watched, I rewatched the series from the earth to the moon not too long ago. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's, it's so worth watching. It, it's a, it's a really, really well done exploration of how of the space program and how we landed on the moon and, and all that. But Walter Cronkite, there's a Walter Cronkite character in it. And I think that Walter Cronkite also, they have, they have clips from him as well. He's probably the last one that I remember trusting to any sort of degree. And I think I was like 10 when he was no longer on air. So 
Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever trusted the news. Well, you used to. Uh, not the not the TV news. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a different era than you because I'm a little bit older than you. Come on. Right. I mean, I grew up with these uh, Los Angeles, these local newscasters, George Putnam. It was Hal Fishman, Hal Fishback. But um, Fishback, I think. Yeah, yeah I think they were very informed people. Sure. Who had a value and depth to the news. And they were not there to bullshit you. Right. And it wasn't so much the national news. It was those local guys. Right. Right. That did the news for about decades, you know, on the local channel. And they were, you trusted them. Yeah. And it's not that they were infallible and they weren't wrong. It's that you just trusted they weren't going to bullshit you. Local's a little different. Now, there isn't, there's, there's maybe one journalist on television in Denver that I, that I trust. I trust everybody in Cheyenne, but it's not very important news. So it's well, not, there's nothing to distrust about, no, no, you know, no, but, a, a but those guys like happens, you know. Fishman, they would, they could add depth because right. they would say, well, you know, here's the constitutional issue at stake. Oh. <laughs> right. I mean, they, they would add. Okay. Yeah. That, that wasn't Colorado Springs news. No, but, out. That, but, that's but, not what but we But they had. would add depth to that sort of thing. Right. 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 And again, it's, uh, it, this is really an important point while we're talking about this. Okay. To me. Okay. Yeah. There's a difference in deceiving people and a difference in being wrong. Okay. We're all wrong sometimes. Okay. Right. I mean, we just are. We're all fallible. Right. Right. And, you know, it's one thing, oh, I was wrong. Let me correct that. And it's another thing here to be callously indifferent to the truth. Right. And, and that's really what we're talking about here to a large extent. People are callously indifferent to the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. That they will, as far as the grifters go, Right. The grifters include these these organizations. They don't care. They don't care. Right. Yeah. Grifters include these websites. Yeah. Grifters include these talking heads. Yeah. Whatever the venue. Right. They're about making money. They're not about what's true. They're about getting clicks and ratings ears. and checks written and yeah. grants. And yeah, they they don't really care There's what is true. Many, and, many, many in sub industries within all of this. That, oh, absolutely. You know, that whatever it is that they're going for, that's what they're going to. That's what they're going to. Yeah, they're going to they're going to give in order to get whatever it is that they're going for. Yeah. And, and we see it. You know, we talked about is on the left. Of course it is. Right. Because on the left, you, you hear it every day. Well, you guys hate uh, people who are gay. Or you hate people who are trans, or you hate this, or you hate that. It's like, no, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see a need for you to be naked in front of my child. That's really what it boils down to. I I don't know why these things are worth, I don't know why they are commendable, worth celebrating, or worth promoting. Explain that one to me. Well, they can't, but they can certainly say you're a bigot or you're a hater. Uh, It's just thoughtless. Right. Yeah. That, that's all it is. It's just thoughtlessness well, and that's to, just, that's to just encourage this tribalism. Flat out lying just because they want to lie because they have a pursuit of power, which is what this podcast is all about. Right. But, you know, the, the, the grifters, is, it's, it's specifically for profit, yeah. I, I think. And, and I really want to point that out because as I was researching for this podcast today, I was, yes. I was doing some, doing some research and, you know, Googling stuff like grifters in the GOP and that kind of thing. Well, one of the stories that popped up, I thought was really interesting was, um, from December 21. So before the midterm elections, and it was Dan Crenshaw accusing, according to the MSNBC headline, okay. okay, I did delve further into this, but the first headline I saw was the MSNBC headline where he accused the entire Freedom Caucus of being grifters. And 
don't nod your head at me like they are. Don't do that because they're not. Jim Jordan is good. You know, I, I, so I, 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 there not, are. I, I am not arguing for or against that. They are. I'm not nodding my head at that. <laughs> I'm nodding my head at that. I can see how people would say that. Yeah. But Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw. Um, so yeah, I was a little shocked to find that I delved further into it and no, he, he did not say that it was in the context of a single bill. He was introducing two candidates who yeah. were up for up for the midterms and and um, he he was talking about it, but he made a good point. He was talking about the performance artists, some of whom are in the Freedom Caucus, some yes. of whom are not. The performance artists who perform to the fears and misrepresent the work that needs to be done or is being done in Congress in order to cater to those fears. And I'm not going to name names on that, but, um, you know, it's just I thought that was telling because I actually do like Crenshaw. Yeah, I I really do. And and I think that he's a back when I started in politics, my mentor who who really brought me into this business as such as it is, you know, he he got appointed me to my first uh, position on my first campaign. Yeah. Okay, and he was running that campaign. And he told me one day, he said, Chris, there's there's two kinds of people who are in this business. He said, there are true believers and there are people who are here to make money. And he said, and you're a true believer, he said to me, which I really appreciated. And I've always tried to hold to that, right. um, even as I've gotten cynical and I've gotten older and all of that. But or I just I swore to myself that I would just get out, which is kind of what I've done because it's the, the cynicism is tough. But yes, there's also a lot of people who are in it to make money. Yeah. So you and I both know or have known over the years, a lot of people in office. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are people you and I know who are fine, wonderful people yep. who've been in office. And there's other people you and I know who are absolute dregs of humanity. And that has nothing to do with having an R and D after your name. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely, a- absolutely nothing. nothing. And so... It's just there's, there's jerks everywhere. Yeah, well, so somebody <laughs> tells me there's a group of Republicans who are corrupt, I automatically nod my head up and down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I know they are or not, right? right? I, I don't, but that is plausible. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? Not and, shocked, yeah. And, and there's some of those people who you thought were wonderful people, mm-hmm. right? I, there's a politician who will remain unnamed that is most people consider a conservative stalwart. And many years ago, I knew somebody when, when he first ran for office, somebody who ran against him as a Republican in the primary. And this guy sent out mailers to everybody saying this fellow running against him was a pro-abortion millionaire when he was neither. And he went around nationally raising money for his campaign saying that. And the funny story is this fellow who was running against him, who was not a millionaire and not pro-abortion, Got a call from one of his friends out of state said, hey, you hear about this guy running in your state who's a pro-abortion millionaire? <laughs> He's like, well, that's me. <laughs> right? And the guy's like, well, you're not pro-abortion. You're not a millionaire. I know. Right? Right? <laughs> I mean, so there's no – we get what we deserve. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's really true. Right? Republicans, Democrats, Americans, we get what we deserve. We ought to deserve better. We, well, we, need, yeah. to, we need to strive to deserve better. Yeah. Like we talked about our last episode, episode 13, right? Right. It all comes down to truth. When we value truth above politics, what we will get will improve dramatically. Yep. If we're going to value politics over truth, we will be continue down the road to hell. Yep. Got truer words have never been spoken. I'm going to be processing that one for a while. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't quite get to I, I want to sort of quickly, I, I want to 
end this with a call to action. And, and we've, we've alluded to some of these along the way. First of all, somebody out there needs to start a website talking about GOP PACs and whether or not they're actually spending their money on the stuff that they say that their money is being spent on. There's a, there's a website that does that for charities. We need to start doing that for PACs. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> and the websites that do that for charities audit those. There people, you go. Yeah, right? yeah, they do. And, and they so do. that that would be an interesting exercise. I think that that would. <laughs> so somebody with way too much time on their hands um, and some expertise in how to make that happen, I can I can contribute some of the financial ideas. Anyway, so so that's one call to action. Now I think that it's important to just be aware of where your reactions are coming from, and I, I think that's what I'm going to take out of our conversation is. A greater awareness of when I have a, a, a visceral reaction to something that has to do with, and I, you know, like I, I can tell if I stop to think about it for two seconds, I, I know that I'm being tribalistic, or I know that I have this pet theory that I am trying, like all hell, to defend. Can I do so with actual evidence? Um, that thought process. Now, I don't give money to any of these people, so I'm, I'm not in danger of, of the, the grifting thing, but I don't want to give them my attention either right. if that's not necessary, because that's also what they're going for. That's, they're, they're looking for clicks. They're looking for eyes. They're looking for people repeating on social media their links to what they say. So, so if I stop and think for, for a few minutes, am I just jumping on a bandwagon here, or am I trying to defend a cherished belief, or... Do I have evidence somewhere? Is there is there a logical way for me to tear down this thing is, that is making me react? You know that that kind of an idea, or am I being unnecessarily revved up when I shouldn't let myself be revved up? Is that a good call to action? Do you think? No, I think it is, and like we talked about before, right? Eventually, the truth comes out. Yeah, maybe it's a day, a week, a month, a year later. Right, people. Well, people get decade or you know, maybe, a century. But, but people get all spun up about things and find out down the road it wasn't even true. Yeah, and and, and it's the next step up. You get spun up about something enough to write a check. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So or dedicate a year of your life to something. Uh, yeah. Whatever it may be, but yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I, you know, I try very hard. I don't get spun up about any of this. You're pretty. You're pretty low key. Which is why I like you. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad you like me. Especially but, when I get a beer in you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't take any of the stuff that's that seriously because most of it is bullshit. <laughs> Fair okay? Don't. You know, I was talking to somebody. I'll, I'll be really quick here. I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago about how many people are so stressed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really oh, so stressed out. Yeah. And and mostly what they're stressed out about is bullshit. It's not even necessarily, or even mostly political bullshit. It's no, just, it's, it's just, just Yeah, we're just awash in bullshit. Right. And people are all stressed out about things that they shouldn't ever be stressed out about. <laughs> Just well, and certainly don't get beer. stressed out enough to, to write a check to these guys. That's so, right. Yeah. Go have a beer, a cigar, and a campfire. <laughs> Life is really simple. Keith, not all of us have an undisclosed location. <laughs> Everybody can have an undisclosed location. <laughs> so, anyway, well, I... I don't know that we ended up quite where I wanted to end up, but I think that that's okay. Um, this has been a very enlightening conversation. <laughs> I hope it's been entertaining for you. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue with this. I think I, I'm not sure what we're going to do next is we had kind of talked about 
it might be a little much to do what we had kind of talked about doing, but I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking that we should, we should cover next? Do you have an idea? Yeah. Let's do one of this whole, why we're centered now on racism, transgenderism, all these things. Let's do one really on tribalism. Okay. So let's do that. Okay. And what, how these things all feed into tribalism. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can do that. I think we'll, 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 we'll formulate a, a podcast for y'all next time. <laughs> we'll see what we come up with. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Remember to hit like and subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes because that's how it increases our algorithm, increases our reach. If you think that we're worth reaching other people, I hope you do. (laughs) Please share, 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 share our podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Share it all over the place. Appreciate your listening. Thank you so much. 